I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNSmedia, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barrett. Michele, what is up? You're sick, friend, apparently. I'm always sick. <laughs> Sorry for uh, my voice. Be worse than other times. Oh, it's okay. Um, no, just, just bear with us. We're we're kind of on a little struggle bus here at Down to Dunk right now, but... We'll be we'll be ready for the season to start, so don't worry. Uh, yeah, blue and white scrimmage today, which is kind of like the start of seeing real basketball. We have a preseason game in Tulsa on Tuesday, and then another one on Thursday here in Oklahoma City. So it begins. We we got to see a, a small glimpse of of this Thunder team. It's it's hard to take a ton of things away from a from a inter squad scrimmage, but. Uh, we will uh, overanalyze it to the best of our abilities. So, what's uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the scrimmage, McKelly? Uh This is meaningless, and, and we should talk. We should not talk about it. No, I, I kid. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, I, I know that, uh, like our fans, our listeners should know that we obviously take. We are obviously taking into account that it is a scrimmage that. Uh, we had like the Patrick Patterson game um, a, a year ago, which was completely meaningless. And it was actually uh, completely different from what we had during the season. But nevertheless, I think there is good to talk about real basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was exciting for me to watch these young guys uh, from uh, SGA to Baisley to even Ferguson and and Diallo and and the other guys trying to play together. There were a lot of mistakes being made, but a lot of interesting things to at least notice uh, to see if those are trends or just like once uh, um, just a, an isolated episode. Like Baisley approach the game. Is it? just because it is a, a scrimmage or it is something that it will translate to the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by that, I mean, to me, it's just like s- seeing Baisley a little bit more. One, we just haven't seen much of him at all. We saw him in Summer League. Yeah. We've seen him today. And that's really like our that's our sample size with him. I, mean, I don't know anybody that's watched a bunch of Baisley High School tape. I don't know that I haven't. Uh, and so, like, the more you can kind of take in from him, the better. And really, it's just his feel. Like, he just has a really yeah. natural feel for the game. He started at the three with uh, Gallinari, Schroeder, Baisley, Paul, and Adams on his squad. And he played more on the wing, um, so, which was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. He, he, you know, handles the ball really well. He's got a good passing feel. He's got to work on his shot is clearly the thing, which is the thing that we say about almost every Thunder rookie in existence is that they've, they've got to work on their shot. And we'll say that about more than one Thunder rookie. Uh, but overall, I don't, I mean, the Thunder, they don't usually have guys like this. 
that have a feel for the game. It's usually just like guys like Burton and Diallo and Ferguson that are just like, wow, like these guys are crazy athletes. And if they can figure this out, then, you know, they're going to be in great shape. But ba- basically, it's like, oh, okay, like he's got a lot of tools there. He's got a lot to yeah. work with already. And being as young as he is and being with the team that he's in, like you feel pretty good about not. Not to say like he's going to be a great player or anything, but you feel pretty good about the spot that he's in. Yeah, and to be honest, the thing that I enjoyed the most about him playing tonight was the time he was given. Like he was probably the guy who played the most, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I did not expect that. Like I was expecting something like you start off the bench, you play here and there. Instead, he got uh, Sabonis treatment. I remember yeah. Sabonis start, starting right away uh, with the white team mm-hmm. two years ago or three years ago, probably three. Um, it's not common for, for Billy to start a rookie. Um, well, you, you have to start one probably. Uh, but for him to get reps with Steven Adams, with Gallo, and, and with CP3, and being paired defensively with SGA. He he was not, uh, like, Shea was as hot as hell, and we will talk about him uh, extensively, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he got a run defending him, and he wasn't awful. So, I mean, the staff is clearly seeing something in him that could translate to minutes in this season. Otherwise, I mean, y- you... I mean, Dort played a bunch. Burton played not as many minutes. Uh, same for Diallo. I mean, they really wanted to to get an extensive look out of him. And and I think it was a good look. And this is important. I mean, uh, it's important that a rookie uh, that is barely 19 um, performs well in his first compet- semi-competitive environment. I think it's it's really important. Yeah, I was I was impressed and encouraged by him, and it's hard to know like how much to read into really any of this. Like the starting lineups were the the white team: Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Baisley, Gallo, Adams, against SGA, Ferguson, Diallo, Burton, and Nerlens. And mm-hmm. like, what do you read into that? I don't know. Like those ten, though. Like if that's your ten man rotation, which you could see as a possibility and maybe you take out basically altogether when they put Dre in because Dre didn't play today uh yeah, if you didn't know right. and so maybe Dre takes his place altogether and basically just sits and plays with the blue maybe he takes Burton's minutes maybe he takes Diallo's minutes I don't know I think that there's a lot of different scenarios at play here uh and then there's also you know what do they do with Abdul Nader, who hit a bunch of shots yeah. today and was really, really wanted to hit a step back three? Like he, that's something yeah. that he really wanted. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that you really can read into it because I, I don't think they're going to start Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder together. I don't no, think no, so. No, 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 no. Um, no, no. And so, an SGA. I mean, he was basically like the focal point, <laughs> and he was. I, and you could tell he was kind of relishing that moment and knows yeah. kind of the position that he's in with this franchise and with this team. Uh, he took a lot of shots, a lot of different kinds of shots. He was finding guys. His confidence level uh, is pretty sky high, and it's pretty cool to see him and Chris Paul go at it at the beginning of the game because Chris is not just – he's not giving him anything. 
Like he's just not letting it no. happen, which was really cool to see. Uh, so I mean, let's let's gush about SGA for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to our draft analysis of like two years ago, uh, I remember us discussing the fact that Shea had a potential to be a change of speed guy, a guy who could find stuff at the rim. And tonight it was on full display. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really able to create uh, with the ball in his hand. He was the focal point of the blue team. Uh, a lot of ball handling, which is, I think, why Billy decided to split, um, like to put CP3 on one hand and SGA on the other because he wanted to give him a little bit of um, a little bit more of ball handling duties, and he took advantage of that. He was great in terms of being able to play the pick and roll, um, being able to find angles uh, to creating to create his own shot and shots for others. And he was really at, at a certain point in the second quarter, he was having it. He was like hitting shots and he hit a three on Baisley. I mean, he was great to see. He was great to watch. And I think there is a huge, huge potential in him. And I hope he can develop that because if this is the version that we get, um, not every night, but a lot of nights during the season, then it will be really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he's got a certain amount of swagger right now. Yeah. That you're just like, oh, okay. Like this guy's different, <laughs> and he's the his ability to create is huge. And if that can translate to hitting an NBA three off the dribble with consistency, and we've said that, like that's where you can see this guy. Like, okay, that's an NBA star. Like that's yeah, because he can he can do the other things. Like he's a good good smart defender. He can get into the lane. He's a real kind of start and stop athlete. Where he very James Harden esque, where he can stop on a dime and then get right past you and get to the rim, uh, and he can finish with contact too. And so, to me, as a guard in this NBA, is really really difficult to be a star unless you can hit a, a three off the dribble. And he's trying. I'll say that. And I don't think yeah. that it's a it, it's not an impossible thing for him. Yeah, it's not an impossible thing, and it is a thing that you can work during your. Um, career in the NBA. Um, I think that he has all the tools to be able to be a good shooter, good enough shooter, maybe not a crazy good shooter like Lillard or um, or guys like that, which, we are, like, which are the echelon of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you are good enough where guys cannot go behind um, the pick in, in, in the pick and roll coverage, then you're already... Um, you basically give yourself a chance to be more effective. Uh, and so you put the defense into troubles. Uh, I think that one of one of the um, stuff that we saw tonight was him being able to use his length on the offensive side. He blocked one shot of Daniel Gallinari and then put pressure on the ball um, in other occasions. I think that this is a part of his game which will blossom uh, already in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And if he's starting next to to Chris Paul, I mean, there's a lot of points of attack that the Thunder have. And you have Chris, and you have Shea, and you have Gallo that can all create for themselves. Uh, 
And yet, like, there was a lot of ball movement today. And I, I'm not going to say this is going to completely translate to the regular season and this is who they are. I think you hope that. I think that you think you have more reason to believe that that's the case with a team like this than you did with a team with Russ and Paul George, just because those are guys that take 20 plus shots a game on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, do the Thunder have one of those guys on this team? I, I don't think so. Like Gallinari is a he's a he can be a volume scorer, but he's not a guy that takes 20 shots. He'll take like 12, 13, 14, 15 shots a game. Same thing yeah. for Chris Paul. And they're going to want the ball to move around a little bit more. And there was a lot more player movement with that. I mean, you didn't see Ferguson just standing there with his hands on his knees waiting for the ball. You know, you you saw a lot of movement within these players, which is encouraging. And again, we've seen stuff like this in the Thunder preseason and Thunder scrimmages where it's like, oh, wow. Even I remember the last season with Scott Brooks in the preseason, you saw just this crazy movement from everybody. And you're like, okay. We're finally going to get this. And the regular season gets here and everything settles. Now, it's different because the personnel is different. And I do think that we'll see some some ball movement, player movement stuff that, that sticks with these with this team because I think this team has that mentality. And they honestly need to. If they're going to score, they're not going to be able to just score one-on-one. And you don't have a battering ram like Russell Westbrook that creates for other people. You've got to use ball movement, player movement. And I'm so far, I'm encouraged. Yeah, and the question could be, who is going to shut this down? Who is going to yeah. uh, like demand the ball as much as uh, in order to don't allow the other players to move around? I think that even if CP3 will control the offense way more than he did tonight, like his way to play is to manipulate the defense, to keep the ball open uh, and then seize openings. And so if you move around him, if you have a big guy who can screen for him and other guys who can move around him, you make things easier for him. It's almost like, and I'm trying to, to do an NFL comparison, uh, which will end up horribly, but when the quarterback has the ball in the, in the um, oof, I, I already missing the term. Anyway, when the defense scrambles and he has to search for wide receivers, it's better to have like movement around the, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the floor. Sure. So like having a guy like that who can, probe the defense and basically taking all the attention on him while the other guys move, you will make uh, his his life way easier. And so I don't think that he will shut down this movement. I don't think he will call for a straight pick and roll with um, the other three guys being basically in their spots waiting for for the ball to come. I think he will encourage uh, ball movement. Uh, and so ball and, and player movement. And speaking about Ferguson, I think he did a lot of improvement on that end, um, at least tonight. He tried to take the ball. He tried to create a little bit. It didn't end up very well because he he, he lost the ball a couple of times and mm-hmm. and he did some like not great action with it. But the fact that he was able to relocate and then shoot out of it was really encouraging because I, I think that this is a, a part of his game that wasn't there. And one last comment about the offense tonight, especially in the early uh, moments of the game, the ball was um, handled a lot by the centers. Like Adams yep. was able to create uh, from the high post, which is something, again, that you can do um, if you have players who move around. And Adams was able to find other guys, was able to find Gallo. Uh, he did a lot of uh, outlet passes, which is something that OKC didn't have, or, um, or at least 
wasn't able to use consistently. And so there are a few things uh, that you can pick up and that you can look uh, and hopefully they will translate uh, in the version of OKC of this next season. Yeah. <laughs> and I just laughed to myself when I saw this happen. I saw Adams grab the ball and dribble it up the court. And I'm just like, yeah. wow, like that's that's just hilarious to me to see Steven <laughs> Adams after all these years, him boxing out so that Russell can grab it and go, he grabs it and he's going up the court. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, it's just funny. It's just weird. It is the weirdest thing to watch this these guys play right now. Just because yeah. like you're just so used to watching a certain player and a certain team play and you know who they are. And like this is all just so brand new. Even though that we know some of the players and you know Chris Paul is there's not it's not like he's a secret or anything like that. Like we watched him play for forever. But I think this is his fifteenth season. Yeah, we know, but this mesh of players I think is is super interesting. Um and there's some there's a lot of things that they have to clean up. You know, the beginning of the game was pretty gross. And uh Yeah. They've they've got they've got a lot of work to do, but this is just the beginning of training camp, and they've got you know some games, and they've really got the beginning of the season to to work things out. But uh, you know what else can help you clean things up, McKelly? Is the best cleaning service in Oklahoma City? That's right. That's KP's cleaning service. They're a local small business. They service the OKC metro and surrounding areas. They're dedicated to giving clients a unique cleaning experience. I've experienced that for myself. It's always great when KP's comes out to to my house. They they do a spectacular job. They are very thorough. And then when I walk into the house, like everything is just like shining. It just looks amazing. We'll have company over after we have it cleaned, and they're like, "How did you do this?" Like I did not do anything. Like KP's cleaning service did all of this. Like it looks clean, smells clean, everything is just wonderful. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Call or text them 405 290 8172 for a free quote. Again, that's 405 290 8172 for a free quote. Support the people that support Downs to Dunk and go check out KP's cleaning service. Okay. Any any other players that that stuck out to you, uh, good or bad? Um, I think that we have to mention the fact that um, Gallo, Muscala, and Nader looked pretty good shooting the ball. I mean, yeah. I expect that from Gallo, and I also like the fact that um, CP3 was searching for Muscala. Mm-hmm. Basically, on three or four consecutive possessions, he saw him being hot and he w- was searching uh, for the hot hand. And Nader, I mean, he was a mixed bag on defense, um, but the shot looks looks very good. And he looks faster mm-hmm. on his feet. Uh, I don't think it will be enough. I mean, I didn't see anything that made me say, well, wow, this is a great defensive play uh, from Nader. Uh, he picked, uh, I think, um, Diallo's pocket once, but that really doesn't count. I mean, Diallo is not a very refined ball handler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it was great to see him in shape, and he's really in shape for what I can tell from like a grainy image on my computer. Um, I don't know if this will translate in a sustainable defense. Surely he wanted to show off his shooting abilities and it ended up being like a 
a good game for him. I don't know. He he probably hit like three triples. I I don't know. Um, Muscala was okay. He didn't do any any like. He didn't do anything else but shooting, uh, and he shot the ball particularly well. Gallo was, I mean, I will wait on Gallo for the next two or three weeks. He had like a long summer playing for Italy, training for the entire July. Uh, he had um, appendectomy uh, in uh, at the end of, of July. Then he, he did travel to China. So it was like a rough summer for him. Uh, he was not in perfect shape, I would say, um, or at least he didn't push himself too much in, in this game. And so I expect him to be better and to be more uh, quick on his feet um, in the next like few weeks. Yeah. Hoodie Gallo played, uh, played like it was a scrimmage today. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what veterans should do. Yeah. He, he didn't play like he had anything to prove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little did he know that like all Thunder fans are like, have their eyes glued to, this game and really like really care about it uh which is just funny but yeah i wouldn't take a whole i yeah i wouldn't take a whole lot away from from guys that have proven it over time you know i think there's a lot to look at for guys like sga and ferguson and diallo and burton and Baisley and guys like that where you're like okay like what are these guys and they played like they had something to prove for the most part and even nader and even a guy like justin Patton, who got out there and played a little bit like he he showed some stuff today i don't i don't think that you're gonna get huge justin Patton minutes or anything but you can watch him and say like oh like he's he's also got like a pretty good feel for the game on the offensive end and he's got a pretty smooth stroke from from mid-range so i think he's he's at least kind of he's interesting i don't think that justin Patton's gonna make a huge impact on this team but you can kind of see like oh okay like this is this is why the thunder had interest in him yeah he's a big guy who with a soft touch and I mean, I don't know about uh, his defense limitations. Um, he's not the best uh, defender. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, a good defender in college or a great defender in college. But it's been two years where he wasn't able to play. So who knows? Um, it, it will be interesting to see if he gets some playing time, maybe when Adams rest or uh, if Noel gets traded somewhere, maybe he could have like a five to ten minutes uh, game here and there. Uh, and so, I mean, it's a good project. You have a guy who didn't, who was um, almost a lottery pick with good, ta- good offensive talent that you can try out for free. Um, good organizations try to to find value uh, in, in in these kind of players, and I think it was good to see him trying to showcase his shot, uh, which is something uh, that he surely can do. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, it was interesting at least to see him play. He was solid on defense. I mean, uh, was able to keep position against Steven Adams, who, again, did not care enough. Uh, he was very, I, I would say, relaxed uh, for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is to be said for all these all these veterans. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't, I don't. I don't think that there's massive. I think the massive takeaway is SGA and his aggressiveness and his ability yeah. uh, to make shots uh, from a lot of different points. And and honestly, I mean, we talked about him at the top, but Baisley, he had some moves where he, like some kind of wow moves, and then he wouldn't finish a shot, uh, which was a little frustrating to watch. But he's got he he can just maneuver around the court in a way that we haven't seen a, a six foot nine thunder player do in a long time 
You know, it's usually that they catch the ball and they're trying quickly to move it as fast as possible because they don't they don't want to have to do anything with it. And he's he's a different kind of player. Yeah, I mean, again, you don't have to to take these things as wow, he did that, and so he's a starter or he will play a lot. No, but you can see him taking a one legged uh, jumper off the dribble. And you can say, wow, he was able, he, he has the coordination to do that, which is already impressive, yeah. <laughs> like by itself. I don't know if this will translate, but having a guy who is 6'9", 6'10", uh, being able to dribble the ball, being able to block shots, being able to get rebounds uh, and do such things, he he's able to start the dribble uh, when he's at, when you pass the ball to him and making fakes uh, with the ball in his hands. I mean... It does, it's not easy to do such things. If you can put all the things together and be like good enough, I think the Thunder have something to work on for the next few years because he is surely interesting and he provides something that OKC doesn't have currently on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think back to SGA, his his floater game, I think is something that, the Thunder have lacked tremendously because they've they've had guys that can get to the bucket and finish right at the rim, and SGA can do that too. But he has an array of moves within the paint that are going to help him uh, be a really effective scorer uh, for the Thunder this year. Yeah, I mean, not just the floater, but the angles that he in which he uses the um, the board. I mean. It's not like layups. He can extend. Right. He can use like wide angles. He can. He has a lot of finishing abilities uh, that are different from the ones that we are we are like used to see. I mean, he's not Russell Westbrook uh, driving the ball at like probably ninety miles per hour. He doesn't do that. He he does it differently. Um, I don't know if he will be as effective because Russ, for all the critiques we have and we had, uh, was a great finisher last season. Um, more than 64%, I think, if memory uh, is correct on this. Mm-hmm. And so, but Shea is different. The speed in which he attacks the basket is completely different. He he doesn't base his uh, effectiveness on being faster than you, but it being like switcher and being able to use your body as a defender to create stuff. I wonder how many fouls he will be able to draw in a regular season game because this is something that is crucial for a player like that because like defenses in the NBA are smart and if you face a good defense you will probably not find the angles you are you want to to get to and so the the counter to that is being able to get fouls uh Gallo is great uh, on that end um if Shea is able to do the same, so he's able to draw contacts and make them look as a fouls, this will help him a lot. And yeah, the floater game will help as well because if you have a reliable floater, then the big cannot stay all the way down waiting you at the basket. Hmm. If you have a floater, then the bigs have has to move towards you at least a bit, like one or two steps. This is enough uh, to get you more space to go at the rim or to use a floater. So, I mean, we'll have to see if this is something that Shea can get like 
against everyone or it's something that he has to uh, work more on. I don't know. I mean, uh, clearly tonight he, he had something going and we'll see against Porzingis on, on Tuesday if this is the case. Yeah. And not only does it give that basically gives SGA multiple ways to score, but it's going to open up things for Steven Adams under the basket. Yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. Which was something that was missing really in the last half of the season. And I think some of it was that Adams was slowing down. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. We watched Ennis Cantor outperform him in the playoffs uh, to a strange degree. Uh, but when you have guys like well, Chris Paul, oh yeah, it was so disturbing. It was weird. It was just such a and, and an yeah. injured canter at that. Um, but I think guys like Chris Paul, who showcased his mid range game and his around the basket game too, that's gonna just open things up for him so much when you when you start the game with those two, which I still assume that that will be the case that the creation ability of those two plus Gallo. I just think that we're in for a really big season for Steven. And I just didn't, I didn't see anything today that made me think that like he's, he's still got his knack um, for grabbing rebounds and things like that. And, but he was largely relaxed, like you said, but I just saw things that made me think one, like, wow, like SJ is probably as good as the hype has been around him this summer. Uh, but I just saw, like, okay, like, here's where Adams can benefit from, from this and benefit from that. And, you know, you replace Schroeder uh, with SGA in the starting lineup, like, they're going to be able to do some real damage to some teams. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that group play together. And I hope that that's who we get to see against Dallas, is that we get to see CP3, SGA. Uh, I would guess it's still going to be Ferguson, Gallo, and, and yeah. Adams. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. And I mean, even a guy like Muscala can be crucial to give Steven a little bit more space or sure. nails. Um, I think that with Gallo, even if defensively putting him at the three, it's not what you want to do, especially against very good guards, because the, th- the first things that they will do is to try to to put him in a situation where he has to guard them. Uh, but when you maybe when you don't have a Paul George or a LeBron James or a Yanis Antetokounmpo to guard, you can play minutes with a big lineup of, uh, I don't know, uh, CP3, Shea, Gallo, Muscala, and Adams, where you have four very reliable shooters uh, that they can space the floor and you can play spread pick and roll with Steven Adams and maybe you can do some side action between Muscala and Gallo. Uh, stuff like that where you can trigger Shea as a secondary ball handler coming off uh, screens from either, again, uh, Gallo or Muscala. So you can play around when you have uh, that degree of shooting on the court. And so it's crucial uh, even for a guy like Muscala to be reliable night in and night out because if you are a 38% shooter on average with a consistency, then you are extremely valuable. If you can shoot like 45 one night and 20 the other, not so much. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you're right. Steven has the opportunity, especially as a pick and roll player. I don't think that the spacing was great tonight uh, with Baisley and Shooter on the court. And and it's also a scrimmage in a probably um, smaller 
court. Uh, I think that it was a little bit uh, congested uh, at, at times. And so I wonder if we'll see uh, already something uh, in this uh, direction on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, any predictions on rotations or anything like that? Maybe not even off of today, but if there was a 10-man rotation, uh, who would you expect to be in that rotation starting day one? Well, let's start with the easy ones. Uh, I think that um, Gallo, uh, CP3, Adams, Shea, um, Ferguson, <coughs> sorry, uh, oof, uh, Scherzer, uh, Noel will play. Yeah. So these seven men uh, are, I think, you can take for granted. Uh, probably Dre will play uh, yeah. if his health allows. So that's eight. And then I can see Muscala, the next two players. Yes, the next two players in line are Muscala and probably Diallo. Yeah. And then, and then we'll see about Baisley and Burton, which mm-hmm. are the next two. Um, and Nader. And Nader. I mean, I don't know. We have a lot of players that can play um, at least a few minutes here and there. Uh, it depends on the plans of the of the team because if the plan is we don't care about winning as much and so basically we'll play 10 minutes a night, period. Mm-hmm. This is a season where you can do these things. You can play basically even if it's better uh, record-wise to play Muscala. Uh, you can decide to play uh, Diallo at the three 15 minutes a night because you want him uh, to claim that spot. Uh, I don't know if he if he's able to do that uh, tonight. He was a little bit underwhelming from um, in my opponent, like for what I I've been able to to see. I expect him a little bit more aggressive uh, and a little bit more willing to take s- some shots. Mm-hmm. I mean. Probably with Shea being the man, he didn't have all the chances that that he had in summer league. But I didn't came out like impressed by Diallo tonight. Yeah, there wasn't. I didn't think there was a lot to take from his game, and I think he's a guy that just is going to function better, even with a guy like Chris Paul, who's going to be able to find him as he's cutting through. Yeah, because um, because Shea was he was looking for his own shot, like he was looking to make an imprint on this game and. Diallo's lack of a three-point shot is still going to be a problem. It's a problem yeah. for for a wing in the NBA if you can't create that way. And he was effective to start the season with the Thunder, but he's playing alongside Paul George and and Russell Westbrook, where he could just go out there and make things happen. You know, and that's yeah. and that's what he largely did is that he was just kind of just all over the place and and making things happen. But as the season went along, he got obviously he got hurt. But I think that people kind of figured it out. And even Billy all along was like, "Yeah, you know, he's doing these things." And you know, the media was even trying to pump him up a little bit. And Billy was like, "Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, how long this lasts. Like, we'll ride this out until it yeah. stops, kind of thing." And that's that's Diallo until he finds a consistent way to score. That's not in transition. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what is consistent, though, Michele, is Peyton Marie photography. Consistent in oh, that yeah. she is always taking great, great wedding photos. She's an Oklahoma-based wedding photographer, and her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through bold and creative images. Her photography style is non-traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. 
She believes your photos should be a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos should, shouldn't look like anyone else's. Though she's based in OKC, she loves to travel and would go anywhere for weddings or elopements. She's offering you guys a 10% discount just for the Down to Dunk listeners. Tell, tell her that you heard this out on the podcast and maybe you're getting married. Maybe you need to find somebody to take your pictures. Peyton Marie is the right person. And you get 10% off of any session that's booked in 2019. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and go to at Peyton Marie Photo on Instagram. She's a great follow. Uh, and then PeytonMarie.com. Uh, Michaela, we did bold predictions on the Friday podcast. I wondered if you had any Thunder or NBA bold predictions. Wow, you're. Uh, I'm a little bit like curious uh, to see if uh, you consider this as bold uh, as I as I do. Um, I was texting with John, uh, John Ham, and we were discussing Shay, and I and I said we were discussing the fact that he could be uh, the leading scorer of OKC for this season, and. I mean, it was like uh, like a discussion about like who knows, blah blah blah. But I think that if you count total points, SGA can be the leading scorer of OKC of next season. Is it bold or is it? Yeah, it will happen. I mean, it's bold. I mean, you talk about having Chris Paul, uh, who is a really great scorer and has been in this league for a long time. You talk about Danilo Gallinari, who was really one of the main focal points on last year's Clippers team. Although like when people talk about them, you would just have no idea, which is so strange when people yeah. reminisce about that Clippers team. It's always about Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. It's about Landry Shamit. It's about Patrick Beverly. It's about Tobias Harris when he was there. And meanwhile, you have Gallinari who was one of the best. He was probably the best player on that team last year. Even Shea got yeah. more shine on that team yeah. uh, than Gallo did. And Gallo's on this team. And Gallo's a guy that can score multiple ways from three-point line. He can get to the basket. He gets fouled a lot and makes his free throws. So I, I do think between those guys, yeah, it would be pretty surprising. That was one of my, one of my bold predictions was that he scores 20 points per game. And I, still, I feel like that's pretty bold uh, to say. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, <laughs> and you have to keep in mind, like, bold prediction doesn't mean, like, I believe this is going to happen with all my heart. It's like okay, like I no, can I can no, see no, no. A, a possibility of this happening, and I'm just going to throw it out there, kind of deal. So, but yeah, I mean yeah, today ideally, today I, yeah. it kind of confirms that the bold prediction is actually a possibility because I mean I think you watch a lot of Shea last year, and he showed flashes of being able to to score like that, but then there were games where he was kind of a non-factor as far as volume scoring goes, but. I think that he's got it. He seems to have a different mentality, and he's got that on the court. He's got that off the court. When you hear him talking about how he beat Chris Paul in every shooting drill today, and he wants to go at him, and it's just like, okay, like I like this kid. Like he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, if you're um, if you can tell me today that both Gallo and CP3 will be here for the entire season, then this prediction is probably way too bold because yeah. I, I do think that Gallo will lead in terms of average, um, points average. I think the Gallo, Gallo will be on the lead. Yeah. Um, another 
prediction that I have on the league, I was doing some over-under for uh, an Italian podcast today. Uh, I think that Milwaukee will have a worse season than last last season, basically. Okay. They will not be the number one seed. Um, and by a good margin. Oh. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, a good margin could be like four or five games in favor yeah. of Philly. Uh, something like winning 53 54 while while philly is closer to 60 um i think that this comes from me disliking the off season that they have sure. that they had uh they lost malcolm brogdon which is an extremely important player to retain hill and um a guy that uh yeah. No, no, the point guard, the, the former point guard of the Phoenix Suns, uh, which my head is not remembering. Uh, Bledsoe, sorry. Oh, um, yeah, from, oh, yeah, from last year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they decided to move with those two in different points of the season, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that provided them to retain the best point guard that they have. Uh, and this, I think, will bite them because Brogdon was a reliable shooter, more than 40%, uh, a good defender, a guy who didn't demand as many possessions, so, and he was effective with the possession that the offense gave him. And so losing a player like that, a young player like that, is will cost Milwaukee uh, a lot. And so, um, I don't know. I'm not as high. And while... Philly seems to have something this season. They they were good last season, and their best player are maturing in their primes. And they added a player that I like a lot in Richardson. Um, yeah, I'm just high on the uh, on, on the Sixers, and um, I'm not as high on Milwaukee. Yeah, I get it. Like I understand where you're coming from. I just think Giannis is just going to be awesome again, and I think that in the regular season. Uh, that's going to matter a ton. And I think they've got enough yeah, shooting yeah. around I'm him. And, five, like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think they caught some people by surprise last year, some. And, yeah. you know, no one, I don't think, I mean, I don't know how many people predicted Milwaukee to be the best team in the Eastern Conference last year. I would guess that it wasn't many. And no. they, they, you know, caught the league by surprise a little bit, and now people are ready for them. And... I yeah. think that there's a chance that that knocks him down a little bit. I still, I think Philly's got a lot to figure out too. You know, they've got a lot of new pieces. Yeah. They've got a a brand new team in a lot of ways, and especially the way that they're going to function. And I think ultimately it's going to be a good thing for them. I think that I think Philly's going to make the finals. That's my pick out of the Eastern Conference because I just, you know, after watching the Bucks last year, I do think they took a step back. Uh, from where they were as as a total team, and especially as a playoff team, and, and where I think that Philly just bolstered themselves because I think it's likely you see a, a Milwaukee Philly Eastern Conference Finals, and they've got Al Horford, who's probably been the best defender of Giannis uh, in the league, and so I think that they're going to be just fine. I think Philly will be, but yeah. I just I can see it taking some time, and I just think that on the wing. Uh, they've got some stuff to figure out. Philly does. Yeah. And they've got, sure. They, they, they lack some shooting that they had last year too. I think, you know, JJ was really important to what they did. And I think Richardson is a really, really good player. He just, 
I mean, there's just not really many people that can do what JJ does on the offensive end as far as spacing goes, and I think that they've they've got some stuff to figure out there. Yeah, you are you are perfectly right. My point on them being an awesome team is like they have five guys on their starting unit who can play extremely good defense. Maybe Tobias is the uh, is the weakest link. Yeah, but you have four amazing defenders on mm-hmm. the court mm-hmm. four guys that can claim a spot in the best 10 to 15 players in the league uh in terms of being able to play defense and they are massive you have a 610 at point guard richardson is something between 66 and 67 uh tobias is 68 um all for these 610 and it's seven one seven and change so you have a massive unit with great players. And so I, I'm really betting on that, betting mm-hmm. on them being a top two, top three defense that has as like not great shooters uh, in terms of being able to move around and, and stuff like that. But they have three reliable shooters, plus a beat and then Ben Simmons. This assuming that Ben Simmons will not shoot for the entire season because sure. if he's able to to take two, three threes games, two, two, two threes per game, which I don't expect him to, this will will, will change a lot. I mean, if he's able to, to shoot the ball, then 58, it's, it's an understatement probably. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pick for the finals out of the West? Uh, wow, that's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's such a hard assuming, question. It's a hard question. Yeah, assuming everyone is healthy, uh, yeah. I think that the Clippers are the better team. I expect them to upgrade the center position during the season, uh, which is the probably one of the things that they will address here, like sooner or later. Uh, Noel can be a guy who can work for them. Because they need a shot blocker. They need a guy. If you have like great perimeter defense, like they do, because with Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, they can funnel any player to the basket because they, like no one will be able to scheme them out. And so you need a very, very good rim protector with that kind of defense. and Or a guy that can switch. And those are rare. So if you can get your hands on a guy like Noel or a, player, or a similar player, then... I think the Clippers are the team with, um, with they're best equipped to win the West. Um, I think that the Lakers are, are very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they they are not as deep. I mean, the Clippers are a deep team with the two best wings in the game um, because KD uh, will not play, and because of, I don't think LeBron has like. If you have to to choose between Kawhi and LeBron, I think that you have a real question this season. Sure. So, I mean, the Clippers are the clear favorite. I don't think they will win the West in terms of a regular season. I have them somewhere around 52, 53 wins because mm-hmm. they will rest Kawhi. They will not care about being number one seed. They are fine to get anyone uh, in the playoffs. I don't think they are scared by a particular matchup. And so... I think that they will end up being uh, in the uh, top four positions in the West for the regular season. Then they they will win the West. Uh, but I don't know about the the pick for the final for who wins uh, the title because 
again, I'm very high on Philly, and it, it will be interesting. Uh, this season, it will be extremely interesting to watch who, who goes uh, at the bottom of it. What do the Clippers do with Embiid? That's like my question. Like, If that's the finals matchup, I think that's what I'm going to pick going into this season. What in the world do they do with Embiid? Uh, they will again. They will buy someone. They <laughs> have their to, right? Season. I mean, like they just have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think that uh, they can sustain um, Zubat and Zubac and uh, Montres for yeah. the entire season. Those are fine player to have when you play against even a guy like Noel. Like you can sure. play. Harold against Noel, fine. You cannot play them against Embiid, especially not against Embiid and Orford, because mm-hmm. like Philly will have a great center out on the court for 48 minutes, and if you don't have at least one good defender, you are dead. Um, but on the other end, the Clippers have the possibility to go small and to force Embiid to chase shooters. Because they have mm-hmm. shooters that can move. PG can move. Um, Landry Shamet can yeah. move. Yeah, Shamet is a great shooter uh, off of curls. Like, Paul George is a great shooter when when he has, like, good screeners, which the Clippers lacks. But anyway, so I think that they have the possibility to try to to go small and, and see if Embiid can guard the pick and roll. Um but my my opinion is that I mean Noel will be coveted by the Clippers by the end yeah. of the season. I I, I think that uh, it's a reality. I don't know what OKC could ask. Probably another first from them or uh, some different protections on the peak uh, on the picks. Um, but yeah, guys like him. I I don't have from the top of my head the the free agent centers or the the centers that can move uh, without big salaries uh, in the coming season. So I wonder if Marcus, I wonder if Marcus all asks for a buyout. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus all is a well back to back titles. It it would be amazing. I was thinking also about Whiteside. Um, I don't like him. I would not want to put my season in his hands, but he's a guy who can be bought out by, um, by February because Portland will have probably Nurkic back and he, they will likely want to move on from, from Whiteside. So yeah, players like that will be able to be on the market by February and the Clippers will find one of them who wants to play. Yeah, I think so. I wonder, yeah, I wonder about the Warriors. I mean, I, I watched glimpses of the games against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you, you don't want to take too much out of it. But the bench is truly, like, dreadful. Even the back half of the but, starting five. Yeah, but when Clay is back, if, he's, if they are able to win 45-46 and somehow they are in the mix for the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is more likely than not at this point. Who knows what happens during the season. But if they are there, boy, oh boy, betting against Clay plus Draymond plus Curry is is hard. <laughs> it is. It is. What's Tristan Thompson's contract situation? I think he has just this year. 
he's another one that can well i don't know about tristan though it's it's been a while since we have seen him play good basketball i know but if he asks for a buyout like wouldn't you rather have him on the clippers dan noel i probably if you assume he's over the Kardashian stuff and he's able to <laughs> That's play. so true. That's so true. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of guys that are good on these on bad teams that are just sitting out there. And not that the Raptors are going to be like a bad team per se. They're not they'll they'll be a, a quality team. And they may they may just want to just run it all the way to the playoffs yeah. with them and, and see what they can do and then tear it down next summer. Uh but you know, yeah, I, I could see Marks just saying, I, "Okay, let's." I I would like to go someplace where I actually have a chance to win. Yeah, but I don't see the 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 Raptors doing. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, if, if someone pays, so someone pays. Sure, like uh, if if a team wants to to give up a first round pick, then I think the Raptors will be willing. To let Mark go, mm-hmm. uh, they will probably carry him with their own plane to do so. Uh, but if if it's a buyout, what? Why? Why do yeah. you want to to favor like a random team? To well, yeah, you you can do it as a favor to Mark Gasol if you really ask that. But I mean, it's it's not like Memphis. Even Memphis, who had all the interest towards Mark Gasol, they get, got value. Uh, out of him sure so thompson has just last season um is, is in the last season of his contract at 18 uh millions 18 and a half millions yeah he he is likely to be bought out but i don't know yeah. if he has anything in him uh regarding to play meaningful playoff basketball he's not old though no but but being out of competitive basketball for two seasons is is something to, to keep in mind sure. i mean m- I can I can't say that I watch enough Cleveland to know that he is washed or not, um, but I mean, it's it's something to consider at least. If he's if he has like a very good start of the season, like playing like he did with energy, gobbling rebounds, being able to defend, then yeah, sure. But he yeah. needs to be that. But really, all By you way, need him to be see, on that team, though, is just just a guy that can guard Embiid for twenty minutes a game, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, what were yeah. you going to say? I don't know if I would. No, no. I uh, I saw like the stats of the game uh, coming out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was waiting Shea for that. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shea was eight of thirteen from the from the field, one one out of three from the three point line, six rebounds, two assists, twenty one points. The best scorer of the game. <laughs> and then Nader took 12 shots. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that feels right. I can, yeah. I, can Adams, f- I can feel each one of those shots through my soul. <laughs> can you guess who had the, the most assists? Uh, I don't one know. you can guess, the other you, you would absolutely not. CP? Try. No, CP had two. Okay, yeah, CP didn't play enough. I don't know, tell me. Uh, please do three guesses on a very unlikely player. One one is Adams. The other one okay. is extremely unlikely. Nader? No. Diallo? Nader. Uh, no. More, Ferguson? Like, no, go more extreme. <laughs> like, go, go down in the list. 
Patton? No, Lickensdort had three assists. Oh, my dude, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, can you guess how many rebounds Steven got? Like 15. 21. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. killing it. Although I did see my guy Deontay rip a board from Steven at one point. Yeah. During the beginning of the, the game. The only rebound that Burton got. Yeah, uh, and that counts as like 30 rebounds in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, basically was uh four out of ten, seven rebounds, one assist, eight points. Uh which is a good line. To yeah, have. it's funny we talk about Gallo like he was just not doing a whole lot. He finished with thirteen points on nine shots. Like he was like he was yeah. good. Five rebounds, yeah. CP three like was really not trying to impress anyone. No, no, he was not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you look at the assist, and we're so used to seeing like one guy with like all the assists, like controlling everything, and nobody had. That's that's why it's hard to guess like who had the most assists on the in the game because like nobody had over <laughs> yeah. three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. SGA twenty one points on thirteen shots is pretty great, as opposed to my guy yeah. Abdul Nader thirteen points on twelve shots. Shout out. Yeah, yeah, he had like a lot of bunnies. Um, he missed a lot of bunnies. Uh, he did, yeah. He at the did. rim, but the three three out of five is great. Um, I had something in mind about Dort. Oh yeah, Dort wants really to hit a three in a Thunder uniform. He does, and it's extremely unlikely that he will do it in on a consistent basis because his shots, his shot look looks completely out of sync. It's bad. Yeah, every, every, yeah, every shot is different from the other. The follow through is a mess. Uh, but yeah, but he's thick. He's really thick. I I, yeah. I was watching a timeout, and he's double the size of uh, Gaddy or oh like yeah, a guy. like Hall. Hall played 15 minutes, and I couldn't tell it was in the court, which is so bad. That's why I mean I was excited about Basley because you have a guy like Hall who is oh. Are you in there? The coming season. I lost you for a second. Yeah, yeah. That I'll I'll, I'll rephrase. Um, that's why I'm so excited about Darius Baisley, who, who played 26 minutes, um, and you can you felt his presence on the court. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no doubt. Yeah. And and truly, I mean, I watched the entire game, granted, on, a, on an iPad, so not, not a very big screen, but I couldn't tell Hall played at all. <laughs> and so, I mean, I that's why he played 15 minutes. I would have yeah. guessed, like, four. I know, man. Like, if you see a guy, like, that's why I'm, like, mildly excited about Blazely. It's because you felt his presence out there. Which is important, even mm-hmm. in a bad scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is. It's important, and he's he's a guy that is not just going to stand there. He's he gets after it. He had eight points, seven boards, not great shooting percentages, but yeah, he his feel for the game, his ability to get to the basket, his defensive ability, even uh, you know he's he's just got it. Like he just he's a, he knows how to play the game, and it's going to take a while to get up to game speed and to. You know, figure out consistent ways to score for him. Uh, but when he does, I, I think that he's a guy that's going to be able to play at the NBA level. 
Okay, anything else from from today's game, McKelly, before we go? No, I think we are overexcited, and which is a great thing because basketball is finally here. I know. <laughs> it is exciting. Uh, follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. We have our trivia night this Thursday night at Blue Garden in downtown Oklahoma City. Join us there. Bring a team of up to four people. We're going to have a really fun trivia night there. There's going to be some really great food trucks available there. Make sure that you dig out just the absolute worst Thunder uh, outfit from this past decade that you can find and wear it there. I'm going to be taking pictures and putting them up on our uh, Twitter page and showing people just some hilarious Kevin Durant, Serge Baca, Mitch McGarry, Cameron Payne, whatever you've got. Uh, gear wear it uh, just because i think it's a fun night to wear those things because you probably will never wear them ever again just like me so wear that show up it's going to be really fun uh it's a kind of a fun way to end the thunder era uh, of the past 10 years and begin this new one so we'll see you guys thursday night uh and we'll talk to you guys again on wednesday with alex spears where we'll most likely be talking about daryl morey and his tweets for probably two hours Boy, oh boy, he will be in huge troubles.